Welcome to Season 3 of the Filament Games Podcast, a show dedicated to game-based learning. Here are your hosts, Brandon Pitzer and Dan Norton. Always good to hear that song. Yeah, man. Well, good morning, everybody. Here we are in episode two of season three of the Filament Games podcast. I'm Brandon Pitzer, one of your hosts, and I'm uh, I'm I'm Smoky Husky Dan Norton today. <laughs> I've, sick. I've, I've got a cough, so I was gonna go with sick and desiccated. Sick. I'm desiccated, <laughs> Dan. Desiccated I'm just, you know, Dan. I'm just glad we got to use that word right out of the gate. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but way more excitingly yeah. <laughs> than that, uh, we've got Greg Tapo in the studio today, um, K-12 education writer uh, on the national level for USA Today. Hi, Greg. Hello. I am not smoky. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. There's fresh breath over on this side exactly. of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Greg um, is the author of a really cool book called The Game Believes in You. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, but he's basically here to us, uh, here today to talk to us about, um, just education, K-12 and how games can fit into that landscape. So, uh, before we get into that conversation though, we do have a ritual on the podcast where we talk about what are we playing oh, yeah. video game wise. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to start with, uh, Desiccated Dan. Okay. What are you playing these days, man? A lot of WebMD. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with me? You're leveling up in a big way, I'm sure. <laughs> All kinds of achievements yeah. unlocked. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see. I there wa- I have not yet really fired up and gotten into it, but the No Man's Sky has recently been patched with uh, the Foundation patch, yeah. which allows you to build bases and freighters. And somewhat recently, it was. Yeah. Yeah. When I think back back in the past when that happened uh yeah it was uh yeah so i'm hoping to crack that open uh right. otherwise also <laughs> the distant past is the uh i remember very crisply when the mean streets of gadgets and hearthstone uh update came out all right um, that's that's not actually looking that good people are pretty depressed about mm. the lack of impact on the meta so far mm. I watched a, a fair amount of people playing with the new cards and they're just getting spanked by old classic net decks. So I think <laughs> um, I think the Jade Gollum thing may gain a foothold if it gets refined, but otherwise these cards are going to just pass us by. All right. Yeah. Well, that's a sad story. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows, right? <laughs> Who knows what may happen in several months ago? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who knows <laughs> how this is all played out while we weren't looking. Mm-hmm. Um I'm playing a little bit of RimWorld, which is a a fun game. That's nah. kind of yeah. Let's just um, <laughs> it, it was. Uh, There's nothing funny about the day of that no, game. No, not at all. It's a very serious. Game yeah, title. it's a uh, it's kind of. I would I don't know describe it as like Sims Three meets Firefly. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like you're kind of on a um, on a frontier planet, like building a base. Uh, it's brutally difficult unless you're playing on like the easiest of difficulties and i and i am and i'm still getting killed um but but yeah you like you kind of do base building and you can speed up and slow down time in a very sims like manner and all your little characters have personalities and traits that determine how they behave and interact which 
they don't always interact in the best ways. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's actually really cool, but um, I'm excited to see where that one goes. It's still in early access. Um, Greg, how about yourself? Are you playing anything these days? I, I'm I'm actually um, much older than you guys, so I'm more exhausted on a daily basis. <laughs> so I actually <laughs> find myself not really able to sit in front of a console. Fair enough. Um, so I'm I do, most of my gaming these days is lying in bed with an iPad on my chest. Oh, right? yeah. Um, We're not above that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, so, you're you know, that's, okay, good. yeah. <laughs> so that's living feel, the dream. I don't feel too uh, out of place. So um, a couple of games that I've been kind of just, I don't, I don't know if you can call it obsessing over, but um, really kind of coming back to again and again, um, I, I, this snowboarding game, have you seen this thing um, by Snowman? It's called, I think it's, is it Alto's Adventure? I have um, played that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, that game's fun. So here's the here's the crazy thing. So, um, you know, it's basically this sort of lovely, pleasing, beautiful soundtrack snowboarding game, mm-hmm. um, where you you know, eventually you you get a uh, an avatar that can do something mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> other than just crash. Right. <laughs> um, and so I I got to the level where I I like the guy I'm playing playing with and. Um, and a friend who I turned on to the game said, you know, there's a Zen mode if you update the game. Mm. And he said, that is all I play anymore. <laughs> and so I went home, you know, updated the game, and sure enough, up pops the Zen mode. And it's basically just, you know, you crash and just touch the screen and off you go again. Oh, nice. Um, oh, okay. And the music is different, and just the whole feeling of the thing is different. So it's pretty much just sort of like basically my alpha wave game <laughs> sure. of the month yeah, yeah. um just just lying there playing it flipping crashing getting back up again yeah, yeah. um really just kind of beautifully beautifully um conceived game yeah that game has very attractive graphics yeah mm-hmm. really nice um the other game I, I i kind of messed with for a while um was the uh the her story game mm-hmm. you know the um the kind of the true detective uh Love just the way that was put together, the very sort of retro, you know, 90s Google yeah. search thing. Yeah, all the <laughs> FMV um, in there, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I was I was really, um, I was kind of an audacious game. I, I wasn't, by the time, I mean, I'm not going to give away the ending, but by the time I got to the end of it, I wasn't, I don't know, um, I felt a, a, a little conned. <laughs> sure. Um, but, um, but I enjoyed, you know, getting there. All right, um, fair enough. <laughs> and to me, the, 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 the biggest sort of compliment for that game was that I just couldn't stop telling my friends about, you know, this, this kind of, kind of a crazy little little adventure. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah that that game that game seemed like a really fascinating experience to me, and I mean we were looking at it too, just as like, um, you know, as we were looking, I think it was like in the context of uh, potential client work that we were considering. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think they had actually called for some kind of mixed media treatment like that, mm-hmm. where it included um, some some full motion video along with the gameplay. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, a very unique cocktail of of, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> of elements there. Um, I mean, it's a, just one more thing I'll say about yeah. it is you know I you know just, my teacher's brain was going the whole time thinking about how basically you were just messing with a database <laughs> the right, whole time, right. and I was like, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, you could see the applications um, sure. in, in a big way, um, if just if done right. Anyway, right, very cool. Yeah, yeah. The, that's. Uh, I'm gonna have to check that one out too. Yeah. Um, I think it was four ninety nine. <laughs> it was. 
Guess I can splash affordable. out Affordable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let's jump into the uh, the interview proper here. Um, so I'm a little intimidated because you're a real journalist, and I'm, <laughs> I'm pretending to be a journalist right Because you haven't seen the comments on my stories lately. <laughs> 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 that's uh, mostly the <laughs> pretend journalist is mostly the uh-huh. – talk about Google search. You should search for that term. You'll oh, find funny. It a lot. All right. All right. So fair don't enough. be intimidated. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, so um, – Again, we're, we're, we want to talk about your, your excellent book, The Game Believes in You. Um, so I kind of want to start with um, just a little background on that. It was uh, released in April 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious uh, kind of what your motivation was to write the book. I, you know, it's, it's an interesting story because um, I had no intention of writing a book about games. Um, they weren't anywhere um, in sort of my field of vision. Other than that, I, you know, like a lot of, you know, middle-aged men, I had an Xbox. Um, but, but I really, you know, getting back to my sort of exhaustion, um, I mean, they, you know, games for me at that time, going back to maybe 2009, 2010, were really just a way of kind of just like blowing off steam. I hadn't really thought very much about how they're built, what, mm-hmm. how they're put together, mm-hmm. um, what they do. Um, they were really, I mean, I tell the kind of the stupid story of, uh, you know, when I first got my job at USA Today, I realized that um, I had a very long commute. So I had a basically an 80-mile round-trip commute to work every day. Oh. And, um, and, it, and half of it was on the Washington Beltway. And so there would be days when I would t- it would take me like two hours to get home. Um, what would I do the moment I walked in the door? I would kick off my shoes, crack open a beer, and play Gran Turismo or, mm. you know, uh, some some – Racing game, sure. okay. Um, the, you know, any one of a series of very cool, really vivid, beautiful games. Um, and at one point, like maybe a couple of months into it, I like looked up, you know, at like nine at night from this game, and I said, "Holy crap, I'm driving! <laughs> like, what am I doing here?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like I get back from driving for two hours, and then all I want to do is drive for another three hours. Did you um, load up the commuting mini? Yeah, exactly. mini game. Yeah, well, commuting so, gridlock. So what I so what I what I told myself because this really is kind of this interesting moment for me because and this was before the, sort of the book even took shape. Um, and I'll get to your question eventually, but um, <laughs> what I realized what was happening was that I was sort of driving in quotes, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the game. I mean. It really was, in a way, kind of the opposite of driving, right? Mm. Um, for one, I had you know the most amazing cars in the world, right. not a Honda Civic. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was driving these beautiful, beautiful, you know, racetracks all over the world, mm-hmm. not the stupid Washington Beltway. <laughs> um, I could go as fast as I wanted. I could crash fifteen times. I mm-hmm. could, you know, flip off the guy in the next lane. <laughs> Is there um, a button for that? I don't know. <laughs> Right trigger. We we have all we have all yelled at the guy in the, yeah, in the yeah, next yeah, lane. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, uh, um anyway, so so what I realized was that it, it really it just looked like driving. It wasn't actually driving. Mm-hmm. Um and that was like a to me that was a really interesting moment where I realized that um and, and it actually came it, to me it became important when I um, started thinking about the question of um, games and violence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story I tell when people ask me, you know, is my kid going to be a homicidal killer when because they play Call of Duty? And I tell that story just mostly because, you know, you need to just kind of go beneath what the thing looks like, mm-hmm. what it seems like. Anyway, um, 
But to get back to your to your question, I mean, so I really wasn't interested in games as such um, as something to study. What I was mostly interested in was why my ten year old daughter at the time didn't like books, mm, right? <laughs> and, sure. And uh, and this was a straight A student, um, you know. The way I describe her in the book is like the fifth grader America wishes it could clone. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like this, you know, kind of mostly perfect kid. Um, but she had grown up in 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 a time when media um, had become just so captivating and so vivid and so um, kind of seamless in her life that books were kind of a um, really kind of a dusty thing that sure. didn't really mm-hmm. hold much meaning for her. You know, and this, but and by the way, just. Just to put it in context, I mean, this is the time when the coolest phone to have was like the Razor flip phone. Oh, yeah. That's what we're talking about. We're not okay. even talking about an iPhone. We're talking right. about... Um, that so had I, snake on it. I had yeah, that exactly. Phone. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so so I started kind of... I started going down that path just trying to figure out, okay, like, what is the role of media in my kid's life? Mm. Um, you know, you know... What is she playing with? What is she doing? How is she interacting with her friends? It's just early, you know, it's not quite text messaging, but it was, um, you could kind of squint and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- one of the things I just discovered was that, you know, if I looked at all the things young people were doing with media, gaming just seemed to just pop up again and again and again as the thing that was just the most interesting. Um, and I even remember, you know, I was on a fellowship at Columbia um, that year, and I even remember telling my advisor, I said, "You know what? You know, I don't want to write about gaming. <laughs> I'm not interested in gaming, but it won't let me go. <laughs> like, right. It just won't. Yeah. It won't go away. Yeah. And I feel like I just need to like go down that rabbit hole." Um, so this so, w- this book was an exorcism, basically. It really was. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's got to be a, a a game for that too. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> no, it, it really was just me, basically, just kind of like scratching that. It's just trying to figure out. Okay, like I just need to satisfy myself that there's not something I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually is when I started meeting. You know, here we are in Madison. You know, I started meeting folks like Jim G and Constance and Kurt and um, you know Eric Klopfer. Um, Folks like that who sure. who were doing things that I had no idea were really happening, um, and you know I'd been covering education by then for you know probably almost fifteen years, and had just kind of you know very not even scratched the surface. I remember a couple of years earlier, you know there had been a paper I think by David Williamson Schaefer, mm-hmm. and I remember calling him up and just you know saying oh this is a curiosity this is cool, mm. um, but that was kind of all I'd done with it. Um, and so now I, th- I thought, you know what? All right, I'm just going to dig into this and just really see what's happening. Um, and basically, the result was meeting not just the not just the big thinkers um, in the field, but meeting um, you know folks like you guys and the teachers who were on mm-hmm. that on the other end of that, um, who were translating. You know, I mean, basically, call it the research mm-hmm. into something real. And mm-hmm. that's actually when it really got interesting because. Because the teachers were the ones who were more excited than anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And you know, and so you start meeting people who teachers who are creating games and, and who are you know kind of sneaking games into the classroom. Um, I mean, to me, one of the most exciting things, you know, about this space, even now, you know, years year, years later, is that the technology has has gotten so good and so thin and light that you know, if I'm a teacher who wants to get a game into the, my class, you know, even if it's even a filming game, I mean, 
you know, I, nobody has to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, you know, and that really upsets the order of things. Like, that was our know, original like, marketing campaign. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> has to know. Only games. <clears throat> nobody has to know. <clears throat> you can actually, I think that would actually be a really good uh, marketing tool. Um, yeah, because, you know, I mean, I've talked to people about this kind of endlessly in a way but that, you know, we've gotten to a point where we kind of know that like top down command doesn't really work in school anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's almost always some kind of weird ulterior motive. There's a, there's a, it really, um, teachers don't get interested in it. They kind of do it because they have to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what I saw was basically the games were coming from exactly the opposite place. Mm. Um, and, and a lot of times it was kids showing up saying, you know, look, my mom bought me this app, you know, this math app, check it out. Yeah. Sure. So anyway, that's yeah, a very th- long answer to a very simple question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I just want to say for our uh, readers out there that um, on on Greg's book, there's a blurb from Jim G. Hmm. Jim G. Uh, I think the blurb just basically says he says this book is better than mine. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I just read it last night. It was like this is the best book since mine. I think is what it was. And yeah. it was, and he said, and it's better written. Better written. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even uh, solicit that. He just he put that on Amazon. I was like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, Jim <laughs> made G, my Tuesday. <laughs> Jim G's were like dwells deeply in yeah. the realm of doing what he wants. Yeah. So for me, that was like doubly impactful. Like, no, that was it? amazing. That, yeah. was a, that was a great day for me. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's it's so funny too because. Um, I had I had met Jim um, before all this happened, and you know I mean I, I want to be absolutely honest. I mean he seemed like kind of like a mad professor. I mm-hmm. mean he really had this vibe of like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and I even remember like having a kind of snarky reaction to it. Like no way you can, you know he, I I can't remember what what game he was talking about, but he you know he was talking very seriously about his work and his research. And I remember even asking him at some point, like, you know, all right, you're telling me that, like, I can play Anna Karenina, the game. Is that what you're telling me, mm-hmm. dude? <laughs> like, with a very, like, you know, I had a lot of attitude, like, come on. And he basically was like, yeah, actually, you could. And, you know, I've kind of come around to see um, the possibilities. Mm-hmm. So there's a part in the book where you argue that um – Video games are poised to transform not just schools but education at large. Yeah, um, I kind of want to unpack that and see kind of what you mean there, and uh, um, yeah, how how you see that kind of unfolding. I mean, I guess to me, the, one of the most interesting things is this idea that they are kind of subversive tools. Yeah, um, you know that they really, um, you know, there's this there's this idea that I've been playing around with with that like, <clears throat> you know, we we don't take things like games seriously. Not not we, the three people in this room, but sort of society in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- w- you know, we sort of think of games as toys, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know there's obviously there are big differences between those two very simple words, but let's just let's just use the kind of the simple sure. idea. So a toy, okay. So we don't take toys seriously, but you know, there there was a lot of research on this idea, this basic, I think, very powerful idea that toys are tools, right? You give a kid a toy, they they treat it like a tool, okay? They, they make something out of it. Um, maybe even not, not even the thing that you thought they were going to make. And so, so what I do is I take that idea, okay, so it's a tool. Just accept that idea. Well, you know, there's this other idea that tools are amplifiers, right? You mm-hmm. know, that, 
that, um, you know, if you think about any tool you've ever used in your life, a screwdriver, a hammer, a, you know, a drill, a drill press, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a forklift, a crane, whatever it is, you know, it's basically allowing your body to do something it couldn't ordinarily do or maybe could do but badly. Sure. Right. right? Okay. You know, it makes your hammer makes your arm longer. A telescope makes your eyes sharper. You know, uh, headphones make your ears, you know, uh, uh, more powerful. Um, so this idea that like, you know, a toy is something that makes you able to do something you couldn't do before, Mm -hmm. um, in a way you couldn't do before. Um, I think that's like totally transformative. Um, and, and I think it could have huge, huge, um, impacts mostly because, um, people will, people I think are already starting to realize that like school is not the only place to do this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's the only place to learn about astronomy or botany or, or history or science or what have you, you know, I mean, if you can, if you can like learn all those lessons, if you can master all that material, you know, sitting in your bedroom with all your friends around, mm-hmm. um, that I think is really, really powerful. And, and I mean, in a way, you know, like the, a lot of the early GLS folks, I think they saw this idea that they were going to like kind of break school. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and my feeling is, okay, that's fine. Go break school. It's a great idea. But in the meantime, I think you can totally ignore school. Like, right. let's, let's, let's do something in another building altogether. Mm. School school. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> another I, one of our early marketing. School yeah. yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I mean, I, you know, it's interesting because you talk about education, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll let you in on this kind of a, a little secret. So um, the original, talking about marketing, the original subtitle on my book was something like, um, <clears throat> I don't know, it was, like I can't even remember anymore, but it's something along the lines of like how a bunch of tinkerers and dreamers are redoing your child's education. Mm. Okay. Hmm. So it was this idea that like, you know, we're going to let you in on this little group that's messing with education. Mm-hmm. And I liked it a lot. Um, and my publisher said, nah, get that word out of their education. She said, it's a dead word. Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. She, she, um, and I think rightly so. She, she she feels like, you know, books on education, people talking about education, it's just, it, you know, yeah. the, the, there's this whole idea that, and I love this idea that, like, you know, education is something people do to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and learning is something I do for myself. Yep. Right? Wow. It's the same damn thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, you know, it's just flipping the, the, the idea of, like, who's in charge. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's I, like positioning the agency, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think um you know, I mean, so if it if games can do anything, it's I think it's it's just flipped the not only the responsibility but also the like you say, the agency for for learning something and not just learning like, you know, simple stuff. I mean, you know, I was just on a um a panel that did some game you know, judging of some games mm-hmm. um for an award and you know, you look at some of those games like the Nova games. I don't know if you've mm. seen these, you know, they did this genetics game. Mm-hmm. And you're like <laughs> you're like, you know, you're looking deeply into the structure of DNA. Yep. I mean, it's like, okay, and how old am I again? 11? <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Okay. So um, I just think that's remarkable stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to steal that idea. <laughs> okay, I really you, love. You can uh, go for it. <laughs> I love the idea of uh, education versus learning. That's a really. I think I think it was. Cool. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was who said it, but I wasn't the first one who said it. All so right. I don't don't give me credit for it. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll credit someone that Greg Topo exactly. <laughs> Just Google it. I'm sure you'll find it in 20 seconds. I'd yeah. like to I'd like to dig a little bit into um, subversion. Yeah. I um, mean, so you have a chapter working with with Peggy Sheehy and. Mm-hmm. You know, she's basically an anarchist yes. <laughs> inside the machine. Anarchist um, with, with lots of hoop uh, bracelets. <laughs> lots <Yes>. of bangles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you, Peggy, if you're out there. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have a joke about Peggy, which I tell all the time, by the way, but we'll, we'll get into it in a second. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, so game, games in particular are great at different perspectives of empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. They empower you as a user in a whole bunch of different ways. And just listening to you talk this morning, and uh, it strikes me that subversion is a particular type of empowerment because mm-hmm. it's granting someone a subversive position is a type of empowerment that still acknowledges that they are inside a larger, more powerful thing, mm-hmm. right? So there's a difference between a game that's like Skyrim being like, you're basically a walking god. Mm-hmm. Do what you want, mm-hmm. you know, burn down that village. Uh, marry 15 people and send them all to fight a dragon do whatever you like Um, and then a game like well let's say like papers please that Mm. might be the most extreme one where you have a certain amount of agency and you can do things but they're all inside a very threatening uh, rigid structure Mm -hmm. Um, you're crushed either way there's yeah there's (laughs) still but there's still as you approach it from a perspective of play you're like who am I? What can I do? What types of powers do I have? And what types of agency have I been given? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm just sort of interested in the idea of like how how critical is subversion uh, to make a game that's like really constructive for a user? Like how much should a game always acknowledge that there's these bigger, larger wheels? And yeah. how often can it be like your driving game being yeah. like fast as you want for as long as you yeah. want, wherever you want? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right trigger for middle finger. Go <laughs> for it. Yeah, you are by the way going to do that, right? You're gonna, oh yeah, you're that's, that's going to right trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're going to throw everything away and just do driving games. Driving games year. with a re- really like a branching talent tree of obscenities, right? <laughs> exactly. You can just start with, "Hey, you're a jerk," and then exactly. move your way in. Yeah. yeah. 2017, the year of road rage. <laughs> yeah. At, at, uh, <laughs> so, um. But, you know, it's interesting because Peggy, one of the things I, the joke I tell about, it's not quite a joke, but it's just, just sort of a uh, kind of a stupid observation I, I make, even to Peggy when I see her. And I love Peggy. I, I tell her that, you know, if you read the book, the chapter where she appears, that every time she appears, the, the shades are drawn, the door is closed, <laughs> and the lights are out. Right? Like, this is, and it just totally happened, you know, just. Absolutely by accident, you know, when I went back, went back and reread, actually when I went back and looked at the chapter with her because I mm-hmm. wanted her to read it first before it went to press, she said, what is the deal with this? Why, you know, why am I always, uh, you know, <laughs> like this, this ominous jangle? Yeah, yeah. Every exactly. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. But I think, I mean, I think the interesting thing about Peggy is, is that, um, well, I mean, among many interesting things about Peggy um, is that she really, you know, there's a way in which she's gotten to a certain point in her career. She's been teaching for years, mm-hmm. lots of different kinds of jobs. I mean, when I actually first met her, she was a librarian. So um, I, she's gotten to the point where I think, you know, 
I wouldn't say she doesn't give a damn, but I think she she, she believes enough in her herself and what she's doing that you know people ask her for permission to do something different, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really powerful. Um, I guess you know, t- to me, this whole idea of subversion, um, I haven't really thought too much about um, how important that is. I I will say, kind of backing up a little bit, that I'm I'm fascinated in the idea of technology itself as a subversive force sure i mean just forget games just yeah. just just like just like electric power um you know I, I, there's this great um book um uh called what the dormouse said uh this is a, a book by the technology writer for the new york times and essentially it was about came maybe about five years ago um it's about how silicon valley was this weird um, amalgamation of the hippie free speech movement and pocket protectors? Sure, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how and and how you wouldn't have had that revolution. Basically, the personal computer is what he focuses mostly on. You wouldn't have had that revolution without those two things coming together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it really turned my thinking around in a in a big way because um, what I thought was that you had these two different communities. You know, you had the hippies and you had the engineers and they never talked to one another. Um, what I realized was that they were the same people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if they weren't the same people, they were getting together on weekends. Right. Yep. Um, well, it's like that famous uh, Steve Jobs quote that he thinks Bill Gates just needs to drop some acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, so if like you look, I mean, if you look back at the history and, and, and I'm by no means like an expert on this. I mean, all I know is what I've read. But, I mean, to me, one of the really interesting things is like the role of LSD <laughs> in the in the personal computer, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, or or the role of, you know, music in this in this, uh, you know, development of the personal computer or like, you know, if you think about, you know, the house band for like Palo Alto was the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. Like this is where they came from. Yep. You know, then this is where they played. This is this was. These were their people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know this this whole idea, and and the book uh, it's by a guy named by the name of John Markoff. I mean, he he expresses it in a way that I never will be able to. But the idea was that like the personal computer was a sort of liberation box. Yeah, you know, it's going to take you away. And Stuart Brand obviously was big on this, the whole Earth Catalog guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was his idea that you know was going to take you away from this sort of centralized control. You know, mm-hmm. it was, a, you know, talking about tools, right? It was a tool that would really let you be the person you wanted to be, be the, you know, <coughs> excuse me, do the kinds of things you wanted to do without anybody messing with you. Yeah, I didn't actually um, know about the uh, the blue box until yeah, I read your book. That's right. That's phone right. Freaking was like their first product. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. So that was, yeah, yeah, and they were very, you know, um, and they were, you know, they were very much, you know, let's, let's we can mess with the system. Yeah. You know, that was their first impulse, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so we want to talk about play, right? That was, you know, I, I feel like that, that's a very much underrated piece of this, that, that so many of the, like the early tech, tech people um, really found that play was just like a really important part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So um, I want to just talk about the book uh, mm-hmm. for a second. Um, I think uh, one question that interests me is since you published uh, back 
back in April. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think things have kind of developed since then? Is mm-hmm. there anything you would say differently in the book now versus when you had uh, written it originally? I mean, I I think on the let's start with the with the downside first. Mm-hmm. Um, things haven't quite worked out for some of the people that I wrote about. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, they're the the efforts they really were very excited about have, have run into some real obstacles, um, and that's unfortunate. Um, I, th- I think mostly it's just sort of how things sometimes pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, the interesting thing is like the the the, the folks who have done some of the some of that work and who who when the book came out were kind of on the cusp of something. I mean, they're they're taking what they learned and they're going off and they're doing other stuff. You know, like for instance, you know the folks in in um, in Brooklyn, you know, who were who were doing a sort of suite of games, um, you know, tied into this huge digital curriculum. The Amplify guys, mm-hmm. you know, Amplify kind of imploded, yep, um, in in some ways. Um, yet the games, like you know, the games endure, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're now they're trying to figure out ways to to get them on the market. You know, whether it's you know a la carte or in a suite or what have you. And they're still like developing really interesting stuff. And the people who, you know, really took that huge, huge, very expensive effort mm-hmm. um, are really trying to find ways to kind of still make it work. So the work is not absolutely in vain. Um, so that's on kind of the, I guess it's sort of the downside with a silver lining. Sure. On the upside, I mean, I, I guess the interesting thing to me um, is that I think people, even since, you know, a year or so ago, I think people understand this stuff on a on a much more basic level than they ever did. Um, I I mean I you know a couple of years ago I would have to sort of explain things to people, um, and I don't I think they get it now. I think they're I think people are gamers in a way that they weren't even just three or four years ago. I'd agree with that. Yeah, um, we have the same experience when we talk yeah. to people out at conferences and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it's to do with you know things like. You know, you can get an iPad in six different sizes now and, you know, you can take it to bed with you or, you know, people are – one of the – to me, the most interesting thing is that a lot of people have moved beyond like Candy Crush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which I consider like a terrible game. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, stuff like that. A lot of people have moved beyond that because they've got either gotten bored of it or they got – you know, they felt manipulated or they didn't like the ads or what have you. Right. And they've really moved into a different – they moved in a different direction. And I think – and they're understanding things at a, at a kind of a deeper level. Yeah. I always felt like the, the Candy Crush and sort of Zynga Library type things yeah. were kind of like letting loose uh, a – an illness on a <clears throat> on a populace that was unprepared, yeah. right? Yeah. It just had taken the last, yeah. you know, thirty years of how to make a playable experience as juicy and rewarding as possible, mm-hmm. and then removed all the gameplay, but just huh. delivered pure juice. <laughs> yeah, and then you brought that to people who had never experienced that level of positive feedback for yeah. engaging in a system before, and just like, yeah, it's like you you uh, just dropped the malaria blankets onto an island and yeah. watched what happened. Right. But yeah. it's a powerful narcotic. Communities started to develop. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, People right. are like, well now I'm kinda bored. I <laughs> mean, these gems are as shiny as they ever were, but <laughs> is there something else here? Yeah. And yeah, I think I think we've actually seen people start yeah. yeah, people have 
those games did in fact contribute to people, the general populace, and, and a large quantity of people who never would have considered themselves gamers, mm-hmm. to actually gain some core literacy. Yeah. Right. Well, now, it's, they're yeah. like gateway games, right? They're like gateway games. <laughs> they draw right? you into the world. No, right. What I, what I find the most interesting is that I, that I, I talk to groups, uh, like parents and kids and schools and whatnot, and what I find is that there are still some adults who are playing these awful games. Mm-hmm. You know, they come up to me and they're like, oh, man, Candy Crush is the best, <laughs> you know, and and I'm, you know, try to tell them, listen, you know, you really ought to be playing such, mm-hmm. such and such. Um, but what I find is that there are no kids that I've met who are playing those games. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, like kid, the kids sort of moved on before the adults ever did. Absolutely. And mostly I think it's just the pervasive uh, nature, like kids are always playing with their phones. They're always looking for something good to do on their phones. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, adults basically just like take it out, you know, like when they're online at the bank or, or lying in bed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think kids are kind of leading the way. Yeah. I mean, my kids have introduced me to all kinds of cool games. <laughs> and, they're, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they're not even very serious gamers. Hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're definitely more <laughs> fixated on the platform. That's yeah. for sure. I do. Can I? Can I go back to one thing? Sort of a negative Please. here. So, and I'll be brief on this, but I'd be interested in hearing what you guys have to say about this. One of the things that I've been so surprised at talking to groups of um, parents and teachers and whatnot is that they're still. What I say is like the A word is still out there. They they still have this weird idea that video games are addictive. Sure. And and I everywhere I go, I try to basically say, listen, you need to stop using that word. You know, it is not helpful to anyone. Mm-hmm. And the, the the thing the thing that I say is, you know, in the book I say is, you know, addic- the word addiction. You know, it's it's not meant to start a conversation. It's meant to stop it. Yeah. Right. You yep. know, if, if you said if you come up to me and say my kid is addicted to video games, you know, you're not asking me like what should I do. You're basically saying, you know, listen, <laughs> I'm pissed off and I want you to <laughs> right. know, right. Um, and what I tell people is I say, you know, you really need to back off and say, my kid likes video games a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be problematic, but we can have a, we can talk about it. I totally agree. Um, and it's, so, I, I, I mean, one of the, I find myself having that conversation more than any of these other conversations with, with parent groups. Um, and, and, and I actually still think People don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe it's because they think about themselves and they think about, you know, the way they talk about not just gaming, but I mean, think about it. You know, you know, Netflix is as responsible to, as anything for this kind of um, thinking. I mean, you know, oh, I'm addicted to Westworld I'm, or I'm, I'm binge watching, yeah, binge mm-hmm. watching, yes. you know, Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh, that Lorelai. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I mean, I'd be interested in hearing what you guys, I mean, whether you guys encounter this when you talk to people, because mm. I mean, you're selling the stuff, yeah, right? I mean, right. I think there's two, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brandon. Well, I think that um, with, you know, with this idea of addiction, I think that just speaks to, you know, perhaps a lack of understanding about the medium. So, you know, a video game is basically an experience. Yeah. It's like a constructed experience from another human being. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you look at it at that level, like, you know, even if there is some level of impulsive behavior that's driving you back to that that experience, like the the fact that it is an experience is right. the thing. It's like this is sensory input. It's compelling. It gives me autonomy and it gives me control over what I'm interacting with. I mean, I think those are the things that really draw, you know, a player in. So 
when you say someone's addicted, um, that implies that there's like some negative or, you know, deleterious aspect right. of what they're doing. And that's not the case. It's really just that it's it's scratching an itch, <laughs> you know, that and in many cases, especially for young people who are not adults and who, do, who don't have agency in their lives and can't just decide to go out and do what they want that day. Right. Games are a wonderful substitute for their incredibly locked down lives. Right. No, I um, right. So I think that um, yeah, so that I think that's like the real dynamic at, at the at the root of that, mm -hmm. what they're seeing, that phenomenon. I mean, it's almost like they're addicted to autonomy. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, like this. And that, I yeah, know. and I mean, I, I think everyone is, you know, yeah, that's like, just, why, that's why, human nature. Why do you, yeah, why, why, what's the problem there? <laughs> right, right. I mean, what, you know, my friend um, Jocelyn Brewer, who's this really interesting um, psychologist in Australia, one of the things she says is, you know, people come up to her and they say, oh my God, you know, um, you know, screens are addictive, you know, screens are drugs, mm. right? Mm. Um, you know, and you, you know, all you have to do is, you know, type in, you know, iPad addictive to see just like all this hysterical writing on this in the media. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things she says, which I think is fascinating, this metaphor she uses, she says, screens are not drugs, they're syringes. Mm. Ah. <laughs> and I was like, so That's when good. she told me this, I was like, okay, you're my favorite person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the delivery I, mechanism. Yeah. And, sure. and what matters is not the, the, the object. What matters is what you put in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you could put something really kind of stupid and repetitive and, you know, um, you know, that hits all of these sort of, you know, pleasure points mm -hmm. and gets no work done. And then, I, I mean, I would almost even start to say, yeah, maybe that's like, it's not a, you know, you're not being addicted to it, but it's like, it's like eating, you know, a bag of donuts. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, you're not going to feel good at the end of it. Yep. Whatever you call it. But you're not going to blame the bag. That's right. That's right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, this donut bag was too appealing. It had pictures of the donut right on it. That's right. There's your next marketing thing. Yeah, yeah. The better bag of donuts. The better <laughs> bag of donuts. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, and, you know, I think there's uh, there's definitely historical precedent to suggest that, you know, this the apprehension around, you know, the screen is a reflection of our own zeitgeist in a way. Yeah. Because you can look back at, like, when novels were, like, right. Oh, yes. A Absolutely. new form of right. content That's delivery. Right. The dangerous, dangerous world of radio. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's there's always that apprehension around a new media. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like in terms of addiction, I, I, at, uh, at one of the early GLS conferences, there was a gentleman who presented. I don't remember his name, but he had a clinic that treated addiction. And mm -hmm. one of the things they treated was video game addiction. Mm -hmm. And his, his dance basically was like he, he had basically – his definition of addiction was – are you doing something that you can identify as a barrier to you doing what you actually want to do or reaching a goal you want to, and yet you do it anyway? Yeah. And that was it. That was like his big broad net. And I liked that because yeah. uh, that that just makes sense. Yeah, and, right. uh, and there are certainly people who do play video games in that way. Absolutely. Um, I think oftentimes, um, so I've played a fair amount of uh this little indie title called World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, probably never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, you're, you're cooler than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, uh, right? That's on the edge. So <laughs> in that game, obviously, you'll meet a lot of people who you could argue <clears throat> are, even from just, just seeing them from a distance, you're like, they play too much. Yeah. Um, and I've talked to some of those people, and some of those people just have life circumstances where it is what they want to do. Yeah. You know, they, uh, and then there are definitely some other players who are there because their life is set up in such a way that they really don't feel empowered to go somewhere else. 
Uh, and on one hand, it's an outlet where they can find a place, they can find people mm-hmm. and uh, agency and be useful. And it's hard to say those are bad things. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's complicated, but um, I mean, I I, I, yeah. I guess to me the, the the real test is if if that thing that person is doing, whether it's World of Warcraft or what have you, let's say it didn't have a, a, an electrical cord attached to it, mm-hmm. that it was just like a totally analog, you know, wood and paper, and you know, the novel, yeah, or or mm-hmm. some you know something we understand, yes. Um, in a way that's not electric. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cause I yes. think we have this like real kind of, I mean, even, you know, I mean, evolutionarily, right. We are, we haven't had electricity for very long. We're still yeah. a little freaked out about it. Sky magic. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, From and angry I, God. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you just took that away and then just said, okay, let's, let's talk about this person who's, who had these behaviors, mm-hmm. then I think we'd, we'd, we'd understand it. We'd look at it a little more holistically. We'd yes. say, huh, what is, why is he, you know, it's like Don Quixote, right? Like, why, why is he reading all those romance novels? Yep. There's <laughs> something we can do for this person. I think that's a great um, way to think of it. If you, like, took video game out and, like, put in, like, carving wooden sailboats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you still say this person is addicted? Right, you'd call it almost like a fetish, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not, which to me is kind of a helpful way to look at it. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I would never say that. But I would say, just, just call it something different. I agree. So, um, Brandon, do you want to bring your wooden sailboat collection? Yeah. Show <laughs> I've created a safe space for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no judgment. That'll no be judgment. our next blog post, just me with yeah. my hundreds and hundreds of sailboats. Um, <laughs> this one's technically a skiff. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so, Greg, I'm curious, um, what's next for the, uh, the Game Believes in You? Um, what, what, what do you have going on next? Well, I'm very excited. Uh, in March, the book is coming out in China. Very cool. Um, and I have, I, I, I want to be totally honest, I have no idea what to expect. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really don't. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I guess the one thing I do know to expect is that I don't think it's going to be a very big seller mm. um, because I think uh, it's, it's from what little I know about Chinese education Chinese educational culture that um, this is even a more subversive idea there than it is here. Yeah, I would say um, so. And, and actually, if, if there's anybody who listens to this and has some advice, um, I'd love to talk to them. Um, mostly, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm very eager to find out um, whether a book like this um, could sort of make a dent in, you know, people's ideas about education and learning and, you know, the, I mean, somebody I was talking to that, you know, his joke was instead of saying the subtitle should be how digital play can make our kids smarter, he said the subtitle should be how to get your kid into Harvard. Mm. No, sure. <laughs> there um, you go. That would sell. That would sell. <laughs> that would sell. Um, which, but that should be your next marketing slogan. That'll right? be it, right? Oh, we'll man. get you into Harvard. We'll get yeah. you into Harvard. Every single one of you. Yeah. <laughs> Filament games. Filament games. Harvard bound. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so it's coming out in China um, in March. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, I, I'm hoping at some point maybe even to go and just, you know, talk to educators there. Yeah. Um, I really, you know, just keep keep on trucking with the with the ideas in the book right. i've been really having fun talking to education um actually there's that word again <laughs> talking to school groups um <laughs> talking to parents i've done a couple of like book clubs cool. it's been really fun i actually did one 
couple months ago where I, I brought a little, like a mini projector and just did like, kind of like a Prezi on the book. Oh, nice. It was really fun. And then, and then I unplugged the, um, the uh, projector and just plugged in on my iPad w- and we played some games. Okay, cool. On the, on the big screen and, and a bunch of kids showed up and we just started playing, you know, kind of goofy, you know, silly games and mm-hmm. lots of, you know, vocabulary and math and whatnot. Um, just in the idea that I wanted to kind of, you know, help the parents see was that, you know, very informally your kids can just like, you know, jump right in, mm-hmm. you know, interact with, with the device, interact with each other, you know, have a good time and maybe they won't learn something, but, but they're, they're invited into, to, to experience the material in a totally different way. And that's like, to me, that's the big idea of the book that like a game is an invitation to just get you to think about whatever it is, fill in the blank in a different way. So I use the, I use the stupid metaphor of the piano a lot in the book. And what I say is when I'm talking to groups is like, you know, because a lot of people still say things like, you know, games are kind of tricking you into doing math, aren't they? You know, aren't they tricking you into learning this and that? And what I say is like, you know, a game is tricking you into learning math the same way a piano is tricking you into playing music. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no trick there. It's just <laughs> fun it's and for. beautiful. <laughs> and, and, you know, you get all 88 keys, you know, and they're yeah. all, they're, they're all yours, you know. Anyway. I find that philosophy usually comes from people who still have disconnected the engagement of games with the content. Yeah. Right. They, they think that the gameplay part is the bribe mm-hmm. and that the content is what is being paid for with the bribe. That's right. That's um, right. When in fact, you know, uh, that is not the case. The, right. the content and what you are learning and engaging in the game is the part that is fun. And if, if it's not, then you have a bad game on your hands. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, if people want to go and kind of get their own firsthand experience with all these exciting concepts, mm-hmm. um, where where would you recommend they go and uh, actually find the game Believes in You? I know it's up on Amazon, but is there mm-hmm. any other place they could go grab it? I mean, unfortunately, you can, I think you can download a PDF for free, which I would not recommend. Please, do, yeah, don't, um, do don't, that. Do, don't do that. Don't they're, do they're, that. They're, <laughs> they're baked in with malware. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Greg will have access to all of your personal information. Exactly. Yeah, we will post it on the blog, any personal information <laughs> gleaned through the PDF. Yeah, so where can you purchase the book like an upright citizen? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's available um, digitally or, or paper-based. Okay. And pretty much anywhere, okay. Amazon, wherever books are sold. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, it's it. Um, the only um, downside is um, my publisher never sprang for an audio edition. Uh, um, so, so I, this and, podcast and is the best they're going to do. This is pretty much it. <laughs> yep. So maybe if I can just stick around for another twelve or thirteen hours, we <laughs> right? Can, I'll record it. I have the book yeah. in my backpack. Just do a dramatic reading of it. Yeah. That'd be I'll good. tell you. So if you get the book and you find yourself fatigued, and you want. Uh, Give us an email here at Philemon, and I will read a passage from the book, yeah. whichever one you want, to you, and send <laughs> exactly. you the WAV file. Because it really is a great book. Um, it is definitely, it's easily the most concise, uh, perfect summary of the values of game-based learning and what we're doing here. Um, it's just chock full of fantastic research and analogies, and it's just a great book. It yeah. sums up... Uh, I'm sorry, I just want to tie it back to Jim's yeah. book once. So Jim's book kind of started my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, um, one of the things about it was that it is a non-trivial read. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty heavy academic. It's dense. It's dense. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim G. 
is super genius, and that's yeah. and uh, and that and it definitely shows in the book. Um, but one of the things that made me so excited about it is I was able to use my at that time my game literacy mm-hmm. to decrypt uh, the terminology. So I'd be like, "Well, this is how this works," and here's an example from Tomb Raider. I'm like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> so I was like, "It was funny." Like I was working. I was working his sources the reverse way that an <laughs> academic reading the same book would. Yeah, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, yes, Vygotsky, good." I'm like, "Oh, good, Laura Croft, <laughs> got it." <laughs> um, so that book was really uh, a big catalyst for me. Your book, I think, you can hand to just about anyone, um, hmm. and they do not need either an intense focus on education or an intense focus on game literacy, and they will be ready to rock. It's it's really. Uh, it's just a fabulous book. Oh, great. Well, yeah. thank I mean, you know, I, I mean, that's exactly the spirit in which I wrote it. I just wanted a book that like anybody could pick up, whether it's a parent or or a teacher or an administrator or or, you know, really, I mean, the the real if you if I want to be brutally honest, the real market, the real reader was a kid, was a, was mm. a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad to hear that because, I mean, that was what I had in mind. Um, I actually um, you have no reason to know this. But I posted on Facebook about a week ago um, that I was messing around on Amazon, to your point where you get this book, mm-hmm. and um, I, I saw that someone uh, was selling a used copy of my book for $1.99. Mm. Right? And I was like, you know, after I got over sort of the shock of, you know, what the <laughs> hell, um, it said, you know, uh, heavily, I can't remember if it was heavily marked or, you know, heavily used or something like that, you know, which is why it was $1.99. So I said, oh, I'm going to buy this. Oh, sure. Mm. So I just, you know, I click one, one click buy. Four days later, it comes in the mail. And it was the most moving experience I've had in months because what it was was clearly a kid, a high schooler, who had read the book and marked the crap out oh, of it. Oh, awesome. Like highlighting and circling and notes in the margins um, he or she, I don't know, there was no identifying information, had had created like a little outline on the front, uh, you know, the front uh, inside cover, and on the back inside cover had essentially written like a little journal. Oh, that's so like, cool. Like, you know, I, you know, all the kind of the, the, the moments of just sort of, uh, you know, discovery about this book and, you know, why it was important. And as is clearly, I mean, if, when you read the notes, it was clearly a kid who had a great familiarity with games. That's awesome. And I was just like, okay. I'm never <laughs> letting this this book you know go more than ten feet from me. You know? yeah. Like this is amazing. This is oh, that's is what that you're... satchel you're wearing is for. I see. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's it right. all makes sense. No, it was really wonderful. I was I, wow. I was I was like okay, that's why I wrote it. You know, yeah. so some kid somewhere could just like be yes, you know, mm-hmm. finally someone's saying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? that's, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was really it was really. I mean, the, the only unanswered question is why this kid then turned around and sold the book. <laughs> but, but I'm I'm going to entertain myself with the with with the myth that maybe it was an accident, right? Mm. Maybe the maybe the kid didn't you know the mother like his mother cleaned out his closet or something. Sure. So He's, let's just go with that. The kid's okay. too busy designing the next great learning. Exactly. Game now. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. I, I and I want to say one thing about you guys. I mean. One of the things that that I found, like just doing the research and writing for the book, is that you know you guys kind of consistently have always been, um, you know, some of the people who have sort of not just the smartest ideas, but I think have been able to figure out ways to get people to listen. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah. 
and I, I one of my favorite stories was the um, of all time was the you know you talk about the sort of the addiction and and um, you know kind of what is media doing to our young people was the Dan White story that he told. Um, a couple of years ago at Games for Change about the sunflowers. Do you oh, know this sure. story? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know this story, Brandon? No, that actually predates me. Please. So he <laughs> so he tells this story about how, you know, and I was thinking about it as I was writing the chapter on um, violence, game violence, and so so Dan tells this story of, um, t- I guess it was a playtesting Reach for the Sun mm-hmm. with middle schoolers, mm-hmm. and um, and you know it's this you know pretty pretty um, you know level oriented you know botany game, you know, where mm-hmm. you grow a sunflower and eventually autumn comes and your sunflower dies. Mm-hmm. And w- what he told the the crowd was that, you know, you we had these middle school kids just weeping over their dead sunflowers. Yep. <laughs> and I and I remember, you know, kind of cornering him after the presentation. I said, you know, I'm thank you so much for saying that. I said, because it's such a great antidote for this whole idea that like you know, media and video games have made our kids callous, mm-hmm. you know, because the same kids who are, you know, playing Grand Theft Auto and, uh, you know, Call of Duty and all these games that we're, we're so terrified of are are weeping for their sunflower. Right. <laughs> That's great. So I all hope. Another like, tagline. <laughs> yeah, hope is not lost. Reach for the sun, America's <laughs> number one flower murder simulator. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's true. I mean, the, that, that game... Uh, it's you know the entire you build up this super deep relationship with the flower throughout mm-hmm. the entire year. Right? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you make every choice about how it grows, and then death is inevitable. Yeah, you you succumb to winter's embrace. I think yes. is <laughs> how the game says it. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I do think yeah. and and one one more thing I will say you know I've, I've thought a lot about you guys actually um, over the past several weeks just leading up to the election. Um, you know, I just personally, as a journalist and as somebody who, you know, was a former teacher, I mean, I've been really, um, even before November 8th, I mean, I, I was really very um, unhappy with the level of discourse that we were seeing in the election. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel like people knew very much. No. Mm. And it didn't feel like they were curious. And it didn't feel like the the, the kind of the most basic principles of civics were being sort of operationalized. Um, It just felt like, you know, like there was that moment where one of the candidates, whose name I won't use, said, you know, something along the lines of, uh, um, was it the FBI is going to prosecute you or something like that? Oh, yeah. And it was like, Mm -hmm. um, and just this idea that like, you know, People didn't get it. People didn't didn't understand basically how government works. And I kept coming back to your games, you know, the the yeah, civics games, and mm-hmm. and thinking, God, if only people were just playing these things, right? You know, <laughs> if only they just would play, you know, um, any, you know, almost any of them. I mean, my favorite one is Do I Have a Right? But, um, you know, like w- the level of conversation would be so much higher. Yes. Um, and I I actually. There were times when I thought, you know, is there some way to like require this, <laughs> like before you go into the voting booth, right? Like, can you just, just like go through these games? Yeah, just like before yeah. you go in, just sit down for twenty minutes and play one of these games, just so you understand like what the president can and can't can't do. Mm. What is the First Amendment? <laughs> Let's talk about that. I would um, say that you know uh, th- those games are particular. Um, we're very proud of that entire suite, but um, yeah, well, I've personally been surprised by some of the pushback. Is 
that those games do demonstrate the intended function of government. Yeah. And there are, in fact, many people who are opposed to the function <laughs> of government. Yeah. Um, and so they write angry letters yeah. saying, how, how, how dare you show that government performs these functions? I <laughs> mean, uh, the government can work? Is that yes. Yeah. Yes. The idea that government can and should right. work. So they're fantasy games, in other words. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it is a uh, it's a strange climate out there in terms of yeah uh, of, of how things go. But but iCivics is still going strong, and mm-hmm. um, I don't uh, know. I've yeah. seen a lot of really great. Um, actually, you know, more recently, a lot of really great attention on iCivics. Mm. Uh, I I know that I've been speaking um, with some folks over there actually who have seen. I mean, significant boosts in traffic since since the election has mm. played out. That you know, there there is there is a great deal of curiosity out there now, and I think it, there are. I think that, that which is a good sign to me. It's promising that there there's like this awareness that's being sparked. You know, I think there are a lot of people that feel as you do, Greg, that like these games actually are something really useful and could inform the dialogue. So, um, so yeah, I think you know, it's it's something of a silver lining i guess yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, i really do i mean like in much the same way that you know we're seeing after the election people are doing things like you know donating to their favorite you know charity or or cause or subscribing to a newspaper i mean there's a way in which you know another great way to respond to this would be to you know to to, to pay more attention to stuff like iCivics um and really you know see really make it a bigger priority, I guess. Yeah, I volunteered so, to run a local game design workshop. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't called back. Oh. <laughs> I don't think, I'm not sure if I'm going to make the cut. <laughs> I think you need a, do you have any, like a good tyrant game in there? <laughs> we should. That's, that's the thing we should have. Tyrants and Road Rage. Yeah. That's 2017. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I think we're just about out of time. Um, and I know we have a couple other things planned today, so I'm going to uh, wrap it up. But um, Greg, oh. thank you so much for coming and joining us today. It's really been a pleasure. Um, and thank you for writing the book and <laughs> getting this information out there in a, in a such such a, an accessible and uh, digestible way for people um, because it's really important stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's all the time thanks. we have for today. So uh, Thank you so much. This has been a really fun conversation. Yeah, thanks, Greg, and thanks yeah. for, and th- obviously thanks for Paying attention to the book yeah. really means a lot. Absolutely. So again, that book is available anywhere books are sold. So go out and pick up your copy of The Game Believes in You by Greg Tapo and have your worldview expanded. Um, we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Filament Games podcast. If you'd like to hear more about games, game-based learning, and what goes on inside our studio, subscribe today on iTunes or Stitcher.